I'm not used to these bright lights shining on me, kind of a new technology of sorts. Thanks for the laugh. I'm going to explain that in a little bit. You know, there's a verse in Nehemiah 8, verse 5, I want to share right off the bat. Nehemiah 8, 5, And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was above all the people. And as he opened it, all the people stood. And as he opened it, all the people stood. Hey, we got some sharp people here. (laughs) We've adopted an old tradition at our church of standing for the reading of the Word of God. This is a gift. It is an incredible gift. Not everyone in the world has one of these, nor did they in the old times. We have brothers and sisters in Christ who are suffering throughout the world that would just love to have one page to read, and we have it at our fingertips. And God has been convicting me of having a greater reverence for his word and how powerful it is. Jesus is the word. I'm going to talk about that. When we open our Bibles, we're experiencing Jesus. So thank you for standing as I read uh, today's scripture reading. If you do have your Bible with you and would like to open it with me, I'm going to be reading out of John chapter 14, verses 1 through 6. Actually, 1 through 7. John 14, 1 through 7. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go to pre- and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself. That where I am going, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, We do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Uh, Please stay standing as I pray for our time. Father, we're so grateful to be here in your presence. We thank you for your word. Lord, I just pray that you would use this time to draw us closer to you, that you would open our minds to your truth. I pray you'd give us soft hearts to receive this word. Every person here, Lord, I pray against distractions right now, that you would unstop ears. Lord, we banish any spiritual forces that are trying to prevent people from hearing your truth this morning. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we pray that you would have full reign in this place. I pray you'd give us attentive ears to hear what your spirit is speaking to us this morning. I pray that each person would walk away encouraged, challenged, and ready to make change in their lives. I pray this for myself as well. Oh Lord, speak through this message that you've given to me. We pray this in your son's Jesus name. Amen. You may have a seat. Well, for those who don't know me, man, I better give a little introduction here. Yeah, as Tom said, my name is Paul Letvin. I grew up in this church. Today, I am celebrating 31 years walking with Jesus. Amen. 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 I got saved when I was nine years old. So for those of you who are good at math, 31 plus nine, now you know how old I am. So uh, 31 years ago, I got saved through this church. I gave my first sermon 
right here. I married my beautiful, amazing, incredible wife who gets more beautiful every day. I don't know how she does that. She gets more beautiful every day. Married her right here on this stage. Tom officiated our wedding. Uh, this, this building is a very special place to me. This church, this body is a very special family in Christ to me. And it's an honor to be here to speak to you. A lot of you probably don't know who I am. Some of you probably forgot about me. Some of you still remember me a little bit. But here I am, and it's, it's, really, it's really a privilege to be here. And I've been just really praying for this time. You know, Lord, what would you have me speak? And as I, I've been meeting with Pat about once a month, and first I said, well, man, I could do this message on daily off. Oh, yeah, that sounds good. And then I thought, well, I've got this other one on distractions that's so applicable. And, 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 but then thinking of the theme that was requested. I don't know if you guys even know this, but we were, we were given some guidelines. Actually, the, the one guideline, the theme, the summer theme is walking with Jesus. And I thought, my goodness, what better message to give than this one, which is entitled, Jesus, the way, the truth, the life. Jesus is the way. We walk with him. And I'm going to be talking about that. So it's, it's, it really is a privilege and honor to be here. And uh, I'm so glad that each of you are here um, today. Uh, one thing I want to highlight real quickly is that uh, our church has been celebrating Life Month this month. And uh, I'm not making this up. You, you can even check it out right now if you want, although I do advise against distractions. I, you know, so if you've got a cell phone, put it off the side. But if you just can't wait, you can go to CelebrateLifeMonth.com, CelebrateLifeMonth.com. And God has done amazing things in this nation in the last year, and I'm just going to read, you know, kind of their vision. It says, in honor of the one-year anniversary of God's masterful overturning of Roe v. Wade, join the global celebration of life by sharing testimonies of God's faithfulness. Do you realize that yesterday, June 24th, was the anniversary of the Dobbs decision which overturned Roe v. Wade? People have been praying for that for nearly five decades. Five decades, people waited. And did you know that one year ago, 95% of churches across the United States said nothing at their following church service when Roe v. Wade was overturned? We celebrated at Submerge. We stood. We clapped. We celebrated at our house yesterday, that anniversary. But 95% of churches said nothing. Why? Why? Fear. Fear of man fear of losing people. What if someone supports abortion in my church? They might leave. They might stop tithing, all these things. Uh, Christians, we don't have time for that. We need to stand on God's truth. I'm going to be speaking about that today. So anyway, that being said, I really encourage uh, each of you to, to uh, the remainder of this month and the next year, make it even bigger. Celebrate Life Month. Give God, the God of life, the God of the living, give him glory. That's where our focus needs to be uh, as we fight in, in this, in this counterculture. So I just wanted to put a plug in for that. So, yeah, once again, I'm, I'm one of two pastors at Submerged Church. Yeah, Bob was here. Um, was it last week? No, week before. Yeah, it's nice to have a little break from him at Submerged. No, just kidding. <laughs> no, we, we love Bob. He, he does a lot. He, he's really busy. In fact, I, I tell him all the time, Bob, you're busier now than when you were working full-time, and he, he agrees. He's like, yeah, I am. It's, it's just nuts, but uh, we're very thankful for what he does to help us submerge. So we had a historic Sunday on June 4th, 2023, um, 
And then although we recently, we, we had a temporary service at South Pleasant Church uh, for our Easter service Sunday, April 9th, because we were meeting at Liberty Middle School every holiday we have to find somewhere else to go because they just shut the whole school down. So Thanksgiving, Christmas, Easter, Memorial Day, like we, we always would have to find an alternate location. Just got to be kind of exhausting. A lot of extra work for me. So we had our alternate service at South Pleasant Church in Bonanzaville on Easter. And there were so many people that came up to me afterwards and said, Pastor Paul, this was incredible. The acoustics in here are amazing. Hearing you play the piano. I, I, haven't, I haven't led worship from piano uh, for probably since I was here, like nine, and it was nine years ago, Tom, I think he said seven and a half or something, but yeah, it's, it's been nine years now that we've had the church uh, um, nearly. Anyway, but I, I, I used to lead worship here from this piano right here, but then down in uh, Fargo, I've been doing uh, bass drum, foot tambourine, ukulele and or guitar, shaker in my hand, kind of little Dick Van Dyke type thing, it, which is fun, but now, now in this building that we're in, the acoustics are so much different. Uh, the bass drum just gets real muffled, but they've got a piano that's tuned, and it's there, available, just ready to go. And, and for me, that has been a huge gift. I, you know, I taught music for seven years before becoming a pastor, and I was telling my wife, Haley, uh, in fact, <laughs> when I was practicing for the service, like, I started crying because I was like, man, I haven't been able to express myself in music like this for years, or just have chosen not to or not had the time, but now... I have that opportunity again. So it's been, it's been a huge blessing. And that was one of the compliments we received. Like, oh, hearing the piano is just like going to church when I was a little kid. So we, we had so much positive feedback after our uh, service there that we decided, hey, let's check this out and see if we can maybe start having regular services here. And uh, that is a long story. I just don't have time for it today. But basically, God just dropped this church in our lap. We're paying less than half of what we were at Liberty Middle School. Um, we've got a lot more freedom. We can store our stuff there. We don't have to set up chairs. There's already pews in the old church. Uh, we, and we're building a relationship there. We've been volunteering already. That was part of our agreement, and they've been so thankful to get help. On that note, if anyone's looking for something to do, July 4th, Bonanzaville is having a big, huge 4th of July celebration. There's going to be old-time tent bingo. There's going to be uh, bouncy houses and clowns and ponies and balloons and train rides and all kinds of stuff. And if, if you're interested, they're, they're looking for volunteers uh, starting at 10 o'clock in the morning, and then they've even got a firework show that goes into the evening. So it'll be a lot of fun. Um, I'll be there for a couple hours at some point. And the best part is free fry bread tacos for all volunteers. So if that doesn't entice you, I don't know what will. As soon as Megan, the events coordinator, told me that, sign me up, Megan. I'll get my free fried red taco. <clears throat> so I was pretty excited about that. Anyway, so we're now having regular services at South Pleasant Church in Bonanzaville. And really, what an honor it is for us to carry on uh, the legacy and purpose intended for that building as a house of worship. It's just been a museum piece for a number of years now. Uh, and uh, I, I'm, I'm sure that the leaders and founders, <laughs> when, they, when they, they built this church, it was built in 1890, 133 years ago, I'm sure they had a vision. We want this place to be a house of worship. And, and I love that connection now because those of you sitting here who know the history of this church, this church was built in 1910, so ours has 20 more years of history than yours, just for the record, but... Uh, <laughs> The people that built this church had a vision for this place as a house of worship. The flood came in 97, the Presbyterians skedaddled out to the end of town, and then it was 
a science place, Dakota Science Center. And then uh, things fell into place, and then I, I think it was 2002 that we purchased this building, and now it's a house of worship again. Isn't that, isn't that interesting, just how our, the fates of Submerge and the fates of Cottonwood are starting to align? It's, I, I just, that, that kind of stuff just blows my mind. So, so it's now a place of worship again. The last time a service was held at South Pleasant Church when it was located near Christine, North Dakota, was 2013. So there have not been regular services in that building for a decade. We've already had people that have come uh, who are original congregants. They, my neighbor called the news, uh, Greg, bless his heart, across the street. Oh, Paul, you guys are going to Bonanzaville? I gotta, I'm going to tell KVLY and WDAY. And I'm gonna, no, 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 Greg, 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 we don't need it. No, oh, yeah, you don't worry about it, Pastor. I'll tell him. KVR, you know. So <laughs> we had the media out there for our first service. Uh, some of you maybe saw saw me on the news, but yeah, so WDAY was there, KBRR, they interviewed, and, and I, I said some pretty, well, I'm going to say the same things to you guys today, so fasten your seatbelts, but I, I said some really true things that a lot of people in our culture might uh, be offended by, just how Jesus offended people by the truth that he spoke when he was here, and I thought for sure, you know what, they're going to take those clips, they're going to blow it out of proportion, and that's what they're going to highlight, so I was just kind of waiting, you know, to get some phone calls from, you know, who knows what, but they ended up saving us for the positive story. You know how they always start with the, the scare, like, oh, this person got shot five times. This building, you know, they, they always start with the big negative stories, you know, to, oh, no, oh, no, what? You know, and just get people all scared. And then at the end, oh, some puppies were saved. You know, they always have some positive story at the end. Well, we, we were the positive story. They saved us for the end. I was surprised. They're like, well, there's music in Bonanzaville again. And, and, and they, it was just really, really nice. And I was like, wow, that was nice of them. So at, the, the secret is everybody loves Bonanzaville in the community. So it's like no one says anything bad about Bonanzaville. Like everybody loves It doesn't matter what your faith is or your political leanings or anything. You know, everybody loves Bonanzaville. So come check us out sometime. It's, it's just such a treat. Um, and we're very thankful to be meeting there. So, you know, recently our family took a trip and I was up late reading my Bible when the Lord struck me with a verse from Haggai chapter 2, verse 9, which says this, The latter glory of this house shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place, I will give peace, declares the Lord of hosts. And in that moment, I immediately connected this verse to our church, submerged church, holding services in, in this new house of the Lord to us at South Pleasant Church. And, now, and this has now become my prayer for our church meeting there. And I want to make this prayer for Cottonwood as well. Knowing that this was founded by, this building was built in 1910 by people that had a vision and to see what this building would have looked like in its original glory. Have you guys ever thought about that? Man, what if I could go back to 1910 and be in the first service here, things like that? And, you know, and I, I've, I've thought about that. You know, what would it be like to go back and meet the people who had a vision for the church that we're meeting in now? It was built in 1890. It's a Norwegian Lutheran church. They've even got a, a big uh, Bible in a display case in the front that's it's in Norwegian. So... It's like, wow, that's, that's incredible. I mean, they, they obviously had a great vision. But, so this, this is now my prayer in, in line with Haggai 2.9. I want to pray this for Cottonwood as well. Oh, Lord, may the latter glory of this house be even greater than the former, that you, Lord, would be greatly glorified through our presence in this place, and that this would be a place of peace where people can come and receive 
the peace of Christ. Amen. You agree with that prayer? Amen. Amen. Let's, let's do it at South Pleasant Church. Let's do it here. Let's let, let's let the glory of this place be greater than the former as God continues to move in us. So in today's scripture reading, Jesus commands us, let not your hearts be troubled. There's no shortage of things happening in our world and in our culture today that can trouble our hearts, which is why we need the peace of Christ all the more. Later in John chapter 14, Jesus promises us in verse 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. This world may try to offer substitutes for peace, but only the true peace of Jesus Christ will take away our fears and calm our hearts and souls. And that, that is the peace that I pray we can all be filled with when we meet in this place at Cottonwood and at my church, Submerged Church, now in Bonanzaville. That's my prayer, that we can be filled with the the peace of Jesus Christ. Jesus also tells us from today's scripture, reading in John chapter 14, that he has gone to prepare a place for us. That's exciting. He's gone to prepare a place for us. Although, this is referring to a heavenly place that all believers in Jesus Christ will go to one day, I believe that Jesus has also prepared this place right here, Cottonwood, for all of you, and now South Pleasant Church for, for us down in Bonanzaville, for our, church, for our churches to meet in this very moment of history, which is all part of his story. God had all of this planned, all of this planned. I, I don't know if you guys have heard that story about how uh, we acquired this building, but it's remarkable. God's hand was in it. The offer that we were given by the director. Did you know the director, when she met with us that morning when Bob and I were supposed to meet and see, like, well, what do they think about us meeting here regularly? You know what she said? She said, you know, I wasn't really excited about a church meeting here regularly, but I woke up this morning and I had an epiphany. And here's what we're going to do. And then, bam, she just drops this offer on the table. I'm like, Like, it, it, it far, like, I, I was, I was going to get ready to kind of, hey, you know, what do you guys think if we do this? Maybe we could get a little discount on the rent. And, uh, but the, the offer she gave me was even more than what I was, like, thinking. I was just like, when do we sign up? <laughs> She's like, yep, I'll go make the contract. And it, it, it literally just fell in our lap. God is so good. So regarding the transition uh, for Submerged Church moving into Bonanzaville and even the future of Cottonwood here, I and perhaps some of you maybe have felt a little like Thomas from John chapter 5, sorry, John 14, verse 5, who asked, how can we know the way? That's what Thomas said. We don't know. Jesus said, you know the way. He's like, we don't know the way. How can we know the way? Some of you might be asking that right now. What's the future of Cottonwood? Where are we going? Well, I'll tell you. Or, well, you might be asking this. One, what direction should our church be going? Two, what focus should we have at our gatherings? Three, what outcome do we want as a result of our gatherings. Many, we, we had some town hall meetings with our church as we transitioned from Liberty Middle School to Bonanzaville. It's like, okay, here's a good chance for us to change some things, to make some modifications, what do we need to improve, et cetera, et cetera. Well, guess what? The answer to all three of those questions is one and the same, and it's found in John 14, verse 6. Jesus! This really is like the answer. It's not just the Bible school. Like, this is the answer to these questions. Jesus, can you say his name? Jesus. Jesus. Let's try that again. Jesus. Jesus. 
You know, if you can't say the name of Jesus, I might have to question uh, if you've got a, a demon infestation in your life. You know, people can't, people can't say the name of Jesus if they're possessed. Um, that's a whole other story. Anyway, Jesus is the way. He is our direction. Jesus is the truth. He is our focus. Jesus is the life. He is our desired outcome. So today as we, or I dedicated this building through my prayer to all of you, the future, that the future glory would be greater than the former, uh, as, as a house of the Lord, and as we decide to choose Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life, I invite you to do the same with me. There might be some people sitting here who have never made that decision. Today would be a great day to give your life to Jesus, to start truly walking with Jesus. The big idea, if, if anyone's taking notes or anything, or if you can remember this, one thing to remember as you're going home tonight, as you're celebrating, someone's got a grad party today, right? Yeah, hey, there he is, Isaac Dorman, yeah. See, I, I hear about these things, and I'm still watching. <laughs> anyway, so congrats on that. That's really exciting. Um, but as, as we're going home tonight, celebrating, doing other things, praying for Sherry tonight, don't forget to do that. My goodness, uh, she's been on our hearts as well. Remember this. This is the big idea. Choose Jesus to find the way, truth, and life. Choose Jesus to find the way, truth, and life. Some of you are looking for peace and answers and excitement in all the wrong places. And today is where you need to start turning after Jesus and choosing him. So we're just going to break this verse up into three parts. I just have three simple points from John 14, 6. So point number one, Jesus is the way. He is our direction. Jesus is the way. He is our direction. Proverbs 2.20 tells us, So you will walk in the way of the good and keep to the paths of the righteous. Jesus is the good shepherd. He tells us in John 10.14, I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Those of us who know Jesus, the good shepherd, who also knows us through our relationship with him, we know that he leads us in the good way. Anybody seen Jesus' revolution? They're like, yeah, do it with me. The way, you know, they, they point up with that finger. I'm like, man, that's awesome. We got to start bringing that back. Jesus, Jesus is the way. I mean, we see sports players do it. Uh, I know they're getting more ridiculed these days as hostility towards Christianity increases, but uh, my goodness, it's true. Jesus is the way. He is the good way. He knows, we, we know that he leads us in the good way. Now, notice that Jesus is the way and not a way. This is very important, people. Jesus is the way. The all roads lead to Rome principle does not apply here. No one comes to the Father except through me, is what Jesus says in John 14, 6. Jesus is the good way to heaven. You may think, some of you are sitting here, you may think that you are on a good way for your life right now or following a good way, but if you don't know Jesus and he doesn't know you, then no matter how good that path seems that you are on, it is ultimately leading you away from the Father and down the path toward hell. As we are all sinners, Jesus is the only righteous path that we can take. 
1 John 2.1. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. When we believe in and receive Jesus Christ as our Savior, he takes away our sin, becomes our righteous path to heaven, and acts as our advocate. What must we do to go this good and righteous way? What must we do? Isaiah 40 verse 3 says this, A voice cries in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. That prophecy from Isaiah was fulfilled in Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah when he said, the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his paths straight. So what did John the Baptist do to prepare the way of the Lord Jesus? What did he do? He told the people to repent. Man, I don't like that word, pastor. It means I've got to make some changes. He said repent. He even told the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the religious and political leaders of the day, to, quote, bear fruit in keeping with repentance, Matthew 3, verse 8. So we, too, need to turn around from our way on the path of sin that's leading to hell, and we need to turn and follow the way of Jesus on the path of righteousness. That's what repent means. It means to turn around, to turn. You know, re re repent, it's, it's, it was actually a military term describing a soldier who is marching in one direction, and then they do an about-face, 180 degrees, and they start going the other way. Some of you need to do that today. You are going in a wrong direction for your life, and you need to turn away from that and get on the good way, the righteous way. Get off the path that's leading to destruction. Some of the first words that Jesus spoke after he began his ministry confirmed and echoed John the Baptist that the way of the Lord is the path of repentance. Matthew 4, 17, listen to this. From that time, Jesus began to preach saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Those are some of the first words that came out of Jesus' mouth when he started his ministry were repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. See, I've come to delight in the term repent. It means like, I, I, would anybody want to just walk off a cliff that has burning flames at the bottom right now? Does that sound fun to anybody? I don't want to go down that path. I want to go on the path of life. Repent is good. Repentance is good. Some churches and pastors say that they just preach the gospel. That Jesus died for everyone's sins and we all get to go to heaven. Jesus preached, repent. If you choose me, I'm giving you a way to be freed from the slavery of your sins. Turn away and follow me. That's what Jesus is saying. You know, Jesus, Jesus hasn't been celebrating anybody's pride this month. But he certainly is celebrating those with humility who turn to him from their way of destruction and follow him and find rest for their souls. That's what Jesus is celebrating, people who turn away. Right now, people are going down the path of pride 
They're partying down the path of pride, and it's leading to sin and destruction of their own souls. Jesus is looking for the humble so that we can find rest for our souls. Isn't that really what people are looking for? They're looking for peace. They're looking for rest. Amen. Thank you, brother. You know, this, this all reminds me of the words of our Lord through the prophet Jeremiah. And I'm going to read that out of my Bible. I'm starting to reduce digital use on all fronts. Jeremiah chapter 6, verses 14 through 17. Listen carefully to this church. This is a stark warning that God gave the prophet Jeremiah to, to deliver. Jeremiah chapter 6, verses 14 through 17. They have healed the wound of my people lightly, saying, Peace, peace, when there is no peace. Were they ashamed when they committed abomination? No, they were not at all ashamed. They did not know how to blush. Therefore, they shall fall among those who fall. At the time that I punish them, they shall be overthrown, says the Lord. Verse 16, thus says the Lord, stand by the roads and look and ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it and find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk in it. I set a watchman over you saying, pay attention to the sound of the trumpet. You see, Christians, people are being warned right now. Time is running out. And they're refusing the path of life. They're walking in their own sin. We will not walk in it. They're not, they don't even know how to blush. They're not even ashamed of their sin anymore. And that's exactly what's happening in our culture right now. Amen. It's, it's disgusting. Um, I won't even get into that because I'll just go on a rampage. I won't be able to stop. But I, I pray that everyone here, this is my prayer for you sitting right here. Others may, we may not. This is what I encourage the people sitting here. I pray that everyone here escapes the wrath of God and the disaster that's coming on this nation because of its great sins. God's wrath is coming. Open your eyes, people. Look at the news. I mean, we see, we see clouds coming. Oh, looks like it's going to rain. It's gonna, and and we, we take precautions, right? If you're, if you're reading what's going on in the world right now, things are changing quickly. Uh, we need to prepare our souls to be right with Jesus on top of other preparations. Now this will only happen if we pay attention to God's word and walk in the good way, the only way, which is Jesus Christ. Only then will we be, truly be at peace and find rest for our souls. As a side, this is one of the main sources of persecution towards Christianity. Did you know that? It's the, ex the exclusivity of salvation. One of the greatest sources as to why Christians are persecuted. Jesus is the only way, which is not inclusive. Jesus didn't hire any diversity, equity, inclusion people to run his business. He said, I did not come to you now. I came, I came with a sword. My word's going to divide people. That's what Jesus said. That's what the Bible says. That's what the Bible says. Je it's, being a Christian is not safe. If you're living your faith out, in fact, right now, do you, do you have any enemies? If you don't, and, and, I, and I'm not talking like you're <laughs> stepping in your neighbor's lawn or letting your dog, you know, do, doing stuff. I'm talking like, do you have enemies because of your stance on God's truth? If you don't, you might want to ask yourself, am I really living my life 
in a way that's honoring to Jesus as he asked me to. I mean, I don't go looking for a fight, but I can tell you right now, there are at least a dozen people at the local abortion facility in Moorhead that would love to see me dead. I guarantee you. I preach truth to them just about every Wednesday. And I, and I encourage them, walk away from this. Don't do this. These escorts that are helping bring mothers in to shed the innocent blood of their child. And I try to speak truth to them. And I'm, I know they hate me. Well, they've shown me with their hands various gestures that I won't show you, but uh, I just thank them for telling me I'm number one and move on. So, and I just let it go off my back. But if, if you choose Jesus as the way, you better be ready for persecution. You better be ready for persecution. It's coming, church. It's coming. It's already here. Our brothers throughout the world, brothers and sisters in Christ throughout the world, are being persecuted. There was a man who was arrested off the sidewalk for reading the Bible out loud in Pennsylvania at a pride parade. He was arrested. This, this is, it's, it's here. And our, our, our church in Fargo is doing a study on it um, just to prepare our souls to be persecuted. Number two, Jesus is the truth. He is our focus. Jesus is the truth. He is our focus. Secular humanism today would say there is no truth or that each person can have their own truth. Not so with God. 2 Samuel 7.28 says this, Now, O Lord God, you are God and your words are truth. And you have promised this good thing to your servant. So God's word equals truth. John 1.1, we are told, this is what it says in John chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So John is, of course, referring to Jesus as the word. So if Jesus, A, equals the word B, and the word B equals the truth, C, then Jesus, A, equals the truth, C. You guys follow that math? So Jesus is, if A plus, yeah, there we go. If, if A equals B, B equals C, do we still teach math these days? <laughs> God invented mathematics, by the way. Amen. So if A equals C, that means Jesus is the truth. So why, why did Jesus come into the world? Some of us would say that he came to bring us salvation, that he came to save us from our sins. Now, that answer is not entirely incorrect, but Jesus tells us in John chapter 18, verse 37, he says this, Then Pilate said to him, So, you are a king? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. When we listen to the words of Jesus' voice, we are listening to the truth. And the truth sets us free from the chains of sin, of lies, of deceptions and delusions. Hallelujah. Jesus promises us in John chapter 8, verses 31 through 32. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word... You are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. See, so many people say that second part of the verse, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. But my goodness, we need to be true disciples of Jesus for that to happen. You know, Satan's been trying to get us to doubt the truth of God's word from the beginning. And it's the oldest trick in the good book. It's the oldest trick in the book. Genesis 3.1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the beasts of the field which the Lord God had made. And, the Lord, and he said to the woman, Indeed, has God said, You shall not eat from any tree of the garden. You see, Satan caused doubt after not even quoting God correctly. You see, there are two types of people in this world. There are God has said. 
Or, has God said? Those are the two types of people. Will you believe God at his word? Remember, Satan is the father of lies. In John 8, 44, Jesus tells us, you are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and father of lies. Wait a minute. I thought we were all children of God. Jesus just called these people sons of Satan. He said, your father's the devil. Guess what? We're not all children of God. We're made in the image of God. Every human being deserves our absolute respect for being an image bearer of God. But you do not become a child of God until you have received and believed in Jesus Christ as your Savior, John 1.12. Yet to those who believed in him, to those who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Are you a child of God today? Satan wouldn't want us to believe it, but there is such a thing as truth. The Bible is full of distinctions. There is truth and lies. There's good and evil. There's right and wrong. There's light and darkness, up and down, left and right, clean and unclean, holy and unholy, innocent and guilty, male and female, man and woman. The shedding of innocent blood in the womb is wrong. Yet God forgives abortion. I have been on my knees pleading with couples that have gone into that place of death, please don't do this. But when they come out, we need to be the first glimpse of hope for them. When people make destructive decisions, we need to give them hope. There's a woman in our church who goes around and shares her story of the abortion that she had decades ago. She still is hurting from it, but she encourages others to not go through with it. There are only two genders, male and female, and you were fearfully and wonderfully made. That's truth. Christians, I'm not saying this. This is from the word of God. This is what the Bible says. We need to stop falling for the lies of the world and start standing on the truth of God. How do we know what is, what is true? Open your Bible and read it. And then you know it's true. We need to stop saying, well, the government says, or research says this, or the media says, or my teacher told me. We need to stop saying that, and we need to start saying, the Bible says, and the Bible says, and the Bible says. That's what we need to start saying. This is what the Bible says. We don't need to fact check God's word. Remember, whoever is doing the censoring is lying. If one is telling a lie, they must hide and suppress the truth to cover it up. If one is telling the truth, there's nothing to hide. There's nothing to hide. Remember that. Last point, number three. I'm sorry for going over a little bit. Jesus is the life. He is our outcome. Number three, Jesus is the life. He is our outcome. Who wants to live a fulfilling and purposeful life? What about one, two, three, okay. The rest of you guys, man, we better, uh, we better have a counseling session. Okay, didn't Tom and Gene offer for prayer? <laughs> yeah. If you didn't raise your hand, you better go get some prayer from Tom and Gene after this service. I want to live a, here, let's see that again. Who wants to live a fulfilling and purposeful life? I do. You know what young people are lacking these days, especially from their fathers? They're lacking words of affirmation. They're lacking purposeful direction. And they're lacking identity. Why do you think we have all the problems we're having today? We need to have purpose. We need to have direction. We need to know who we are 
in Christ. Jesus said in John 10.10, the thief comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Satan wants to destroy our lives. Parents, God has a plan for your children, and Satan also has a plan for your children. Every single day, I pray with our children. Lord, I pray that Jesus, I pray that your plans would prevail and Satan's plans would fail today. Satan wants to destroy us. While Jesus wants to give us abundant lives, John eleven twenty five, 25, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet he shall live. Jesus is the life. And more specifically, the source of eternal life. Do you want to live forever? Do you want to live forever? Yes. <laughs> There's only one other choice, which isn't very good. Uh, I want to live forever. Choose Jesus. See, these other people are trying to find these ways to put their consciousness into these AI things. It's, it's just it's appalling what's happening in our world with what these people are trying to do. It's like, man, all you have to do is give your life to Jesus. Then you get to, then you get to live forever. It's so easy and yet so difficult because of people's pride. The only way to live forever in the presence of God, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, and the fellow saints for all eternity in heaven is to accept Jesus as your Savior. That's the only way. That's the only way. If you don't want to get to know Jesus in this life, here, listen carefully. People are like, oh, I don't want to pray. I don't want to go to church. I don't want to read my Bible. Well, guess what? If you don't want to get to know Jesus now in this life, you wouldn't enjoy spending an eternity with him in the next life either. And consequently, there's only one alternative, and that's hell. Would you gain the whole world and forfeit your own soul? Mark 8, 36, as Jesus says. Let's heed the message of Deuteronomy 30, verse 19. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live. When I first gave this message at Submerge, I realized there was at least one profound common word in all four of the songs that I had selected for worship that day. You know what that one word was? It was blood. The solid rock, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. His oath, his covenant, his blood. And we sang, we sang the song, nothing but the blood. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood. Say it like eight times more. Uh, in Christ alone, for I am his and he is mine, bought with the precious blood of Christ. Come thou fount of every blessing. He to rescue me from danger interposed his precious blood. I didn't even plan that. You know, well, God, God did. You know, he directed me the songs to pick. I was looking. Man, every single song we're singing about the blood of Jesus. Why? What's with the blood? Well, guess what? Leviticus 17, 11 says this, For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it for you on the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes atonement by the life. That's why the blood of Jesus is so precious. That's why we sing about it. The abundant life, the eternal life, is in the shedding of Jesus' blood. Without his blood, there is no life. John 6, 53. So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. 
And this is why the Lord's Supper is so important. Jesus commanded us to do this in remembrance of me. Luke twenty-two nineteen. 19. We, we shared in the Lord's Supper that first Sunday um, at Bonanzaville. It was a very special time. We must remember the sacrifice that he made for us. Jesus, I'm going to close with this statement. Jesus is inviting you right now to make him the way, the truth, the life in your own life. Will you accept his invitation? We even sang a song right before I came up here. It was something like, yeah, you, you are the only way or the only one. You're, you're the only name I praise. Is that, tr- is that really true? Is Jesus the only one in our lives? Or do we have these little idols, these little secret sins that we caress and Jesus kind of takes a back seat. This is a good day for all of us Christians. Where are our hearts? Does Jesus hold your heart? Are you willing to stand on his truth? Are you willing to be mocked and ridiculed because you believe in the exclusivity of salvation that Jesus is the only way? Are you willing to die for Jesus? I can't tell you how many times in my mind as I've studied Richard Wormbrand, pastor in Romania who suffered under the communist regime, others who have gone before us and I've thought, Paul, are you going to have what it takes when they come for you, when they lock you up? To me, it's not like a, like I I very much believe that this could happen to me someday. And I ran it through my mind. What would I do? If you didn't have a Bible to read and you're sitting in prison, like a lot of our brothers and sisters in Christ are right now, how much of this would you have here and here to keep yourself encouraged? Do you know God's word? Do you meditate on it? Do you memorize it? There could be a day coming unless you choose to succumb to all the expectations, you stop standing on God's truth, you take the global food credits or whatever and and blend in, then yeah, you probably won't suffer. But if you stand up for God's truth, you better be ready to be persecuted. If you want to walk with Jesus, like the theme of this summer is, look at our brothers and sisters right now who were walking with Jesus and now they're sitting in jail or worse. We need to be ready for this, Christians. I I didn't mean for this to scare people. This, This is just reality. I think in America we've become so comfortable And our idea of Christianity is just really watered down. And today is a day where we need to start making some decisions. Am I going to truly follow Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life? Let's choose him today. I'm going to pray. Uh, Musicians, come up if we still have time. Otherwise, I'll just close this in prayer. Uh, Father, we just thank you for this time. Lord, I pray that these words would sink into my heart. Oh, my goodness, Lord. I've... I've wept over this message. It's not fun to hear that we (laughs) need to make some improvements, perhaps. But Lord, you are worthy of all of our glory, our praise, our energy, our time, our finances, our very lives. You're worthy of it, Jesus. You gave everything for us. And Lord, are we prepared to do the same for you? I pray that we choose you today. Lord, I pray if anyone's sitting here that has not accepted you as their Savior, they would choose to do that today. Lord, I pray that they would do that 180-degree turn. They would turn away from their path that's leading to destruction. 
and sin and hell, and they would turn to you and fix their eyes on you who are just standing there waiting to welcome them into your arms. This is the path of life. Walk in it. Come with me. Oh, I'm so glad that you captured my heart 31 years ago, Lord, as a nine-year-old boy. I was afraid of going to hell at nine years old, and you showed me the way to accept you as my Savior. I'm so thankful. Lord, I pray that everyone here would do the same. We love you. We praise you in Jesus.